Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. All right, we are live and recording. Welcome to another live episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. I'm Kevin Daisy. I'll be your host. I'm also the founder of Array Digital. We exist to help law firms grow their pipeline using digital marketing. Today, I got a special guest that really focuses on New York and New Jersey. Uh, Roosevelt Jean, welcome to the show. Welcome. Well, great to be here. No better thing to do on a uh, Thursday afternoon. That's right. I don't even know what day it is half the time. Yeah, so thanks for joining me this late afternoon and uh, excited to learn more about you. I had a great conversation with you just before the show here. So I know we're going to have some good things to talk about. So I always like to ask first, you know, I want to know your story, like your personal story uh, up to when you're like, I'm going to be an attorney. Like, what was that like? Okay. So uh, my name is Roosevelt Jean. I am the owner and founder of Law Office of Roosevelt Jean. It's a New York and New Jersey practice. And the story begins. I am first generation American. My mom is uh, from Haiti. She came to this country way back when in the 70s. And she called me Roosevelt and last name Jean. So, you know, it's a, I'm first generation American and a French Caribbean background. I have Haitian values. And uh, if you know any Haitian people, you know exactly what that means. Hardworking, very proud, very uh, diligent in, in whatever we do. Uh, the story begins in the South Bronx, New York, where my mother raised my sister and I. And in the South Bronx, you learn a lot of lessons. And those are the lessons that I take with me today in everything that I do. That's lessons of hard work, lessons of diligence, lessons of humility. And I take that with me every single day. In the South Bronx, New York, I learned a lot of lessons. I went to Hunter College, City University of New York. But before that, I had tons of experiences, experienced things of injustice, experienced things of inequity. I actually wanted to be a prosecutor. As early as 12 years old, I wanted to be a prosecutor. I would drive, I would go down to the Bronx Courthouse. It's next to Yankee Stadium. And for those, you know, New Yorkers or those who've been in New York, you know exactly where that courthouse is. And I always, as a kid, I wanted to be in that building. I would go to Yankee Stadium, but there was something about that building. I wanted to be a lawyer in that building. I would see lawyers in fancy suits who didn't look like me, but that's something I always wanted to do. So that had always been a, uh, a desire of mine. As a kid, you don't know what a lawyer is, what they do, but you just say, there's something important about that guy. He's, there's, or woman. There's just something that you want to replicate. And I wanted to be in that courthouse. So I wanted to be a prosecutor. I saw a lot of crime growing up in my community. I saw a lot, a lot of hardworking individuals who still are in the Bronx, just trying to make their uh, an ends meet. And they would have challenges. Kids would have challenges, whether it's drugs in their community, uh, whether it's the violence in their community. And being a young kid and, and having deep conversations with family about uh, what I want to do. I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a prosecutor. And for a kid, I didn't know the different types of law that exist. And certainly I've had a, quite the journey. I've done a lot of different things, but I wanted to be a prosecutor. So I went to Hunter College, City University of New York, a public uh, college in the city. I interned with the New York City Council. I learned more about justice. I interned with the speaker of the city council. So I, I learned more about what it is, what a law is, how it affects people's lives. At Hunter, I was a public service scholar. So I, I, you know, I learned about the constitution. I learned about policy and I wanted to go to law school. So that, so that idea of being a lawyer became even more uh, strengthened. Then I went to Syracuse University College of Law, where oh. I had an outstanding experience. For me, 
I don't like sitting in a courtroom. Or rather, I don't like sitting in a classroom. Uh, that's not my thing. Even now, it's uncomfortable sitting in, in an office in the era of coronavirus. I love the courtroom. So in my last year of, or rather in my, in the first year, my 1L year, I tried out for the mock trial, uh, moot court trial team, and I fell in love with it. We would practice six days a week after class on sometimes even on Sunday, we would get drilled with doing opening statements, doing direct examinations, uh, doing cross-examination of, of witnesses. Joanne Van Dyke, Joe Cote, those are the two professors in law school that really, really uh, made me the trial lawyer that I am. And that's like repeated practice, practice, practice. Oh, do it again, do it again. Sort of like, you know, actors. So I fell in love with it. We did trial competitions throughout the country, got excellent training to the point where when I graduated, I really believed I could try cases. My first law firm, I told partners, I want to try cases. I want to try cases. It was an insurance defense firm, which is a little <laughs> different than what I'm doing today. And I would go to court and I won. And I won my next case and the next case. And I think at one point I had a string of like a good 12 consecutive no causes. That is, I proved my case uh, in front of a jury. And I even remember my first case. I, I had an attorney oh. who was twice my age. Um, and he and I are actually friends today. But we bumped heads. And he thought, who is this kid? Does he really think he can actually compete against me? I've been doing this for, you know, longer than than the... Uh, this guy's been alive. Casey practice makes perfect. It, well, perfect practice makes perfect. <laughs> practice, practice, practice. And I won that trial. And so I got a lot of experience doing all types of things in my first firm. I was doing car accidents. I was doing sexual harassment, race discrimination cases on the defense side. And I, in New Jersey, I became what's called a certified civil trial lawyer. It's a special designation. It's about 2 or 3% of New Jersey lawyers. You need to go... Wow and take an exam. You need recommendations from your adversaries that you've tried cases against, as well as judges who've actually seen you in action. And it's something you need at least 10 jury trials at that point, And you need five years of practice. After five years, I had more than 10 jury trials. Again, I love this stuff. This thing that developed when I was a kid, I had fully developed it. I had fully developed it. Became a certified civil trial lawyer. I've been designated. Uh, this is my 17th year. Actually, this month makes my 17th year practicing law. And I've been designated on three occasions. So I tried a bunch of different things as a defense lawyer. I moved on to another firm where I became of counsel. And I learned not only being a good trial lawyer, but the business of law, which is something totally distinct. Relationship <laughs> building. Relationship building making your client feel special so that you can get a return customer. Oh, Roosevelt did an excellent job on that brief. He did an excellent job trying the case, doing the little things, doing phone calls, sending a Christmas note, making someone feel special because this is a service industry. It's not Absolutely. just about trying cases and writing good briefs, but it's, it's making your client feel that they have value. So I learned a lot about the business of law. Then I moved on to another firm and I became partner. So that's for an attorney that, is the thing that you want to be most lawyers you yep. want to be a partner of, of a firm um i did that for about a, a year and a half and i made the decision with my family that there were other things that i wanted to do i wanted to combine both that love of trying cases and business and become a businessman and a trial lawyer which is why i decided to form law office of roosevelt jean in new york and new jersey you can find me at jeanjustice.com and learning how to 
fix yourself, right? It's not just doing this, the, the, the work, but it's also uh, doing what, what I'm doing now, speaking about myself, which can be a little awkward sometimes, but you know, I, I, I try. And, but most importantly, so the trial lawyer developed into a businessman, but more importantly, I love public service. And after many years, I made the determination that I would like to represent victims. So I now represent victims of sexual harassment, victims of okay. racism discrimination, uh, individuals who've been the victims of car accidents or catastrophic loss. My life is dealing with people in some of the most saddest parts of their lives. Sometimes I'm I'm pastor, sometimes I'm counselor, sometimes I'm psychologist, sometimes I don't even use my legal skill. I'm just listening, listening to your story so I can then tell that story in front of a, a jury. But I made the choice when I created my business to represent victims. And it's something I love. It's something I'm passionate about. So you asked me a very short question earlier about <laughs> my my journey. That's your journey, where you've come from. I, you've done a good job. So yeah, I appreciate that. Well, I mean, that brings us full circle to where you are today. And you made a good point, too, is, you know, it's not just, you know, the law, but it's a business. You're running right, a, you know, right. it. There's a big business aspect to it. And most of which, you know, you're not taught and trained on how to run a business and the law. And so, uh, you know, going on your own like that is, you know, why most people don't. They It's a lot of fear and things that they got to, you know, but you've learned a lot over the years, you've had mentors, you've had experiences, and now you're off on your own. And I think it's awesome. And now you can do it things the way you want. And you made that flip. So now you're on the victim side. And so what are some of the practice areas that you know, specifically that you focus on? You mentioned a few. Sure. So I, I think from my defense background and working for a general litigation firm, you get all types of, of matters. You get personal injury matters, you get uh, discrimination matters. So I've used that skill set that I have defending the case. And I think as a defense lawyer, you sometimes look at the case from both perspectives. You say, what is the plaintiff's strongest position? Now yeah. let's, let's tear that down. So whenever I have cases now, which are catastrophic personal injury cases, sexual harassment, uh, discrimination based upon race, religion, sexual orientation, gender identity, those are all cases that I used to defend and I used to look at it from both perspectives. But now I previously used to tear down those cases. That's my duty. But now I build them up. So mm -hmm. I think I have yep. the advantage because I've whenever I speak to my clients, sometimes they think that I'm rude, but I tell them exactly what I'm doing. I let them know if you can't get past me in my aggressive questioning, you're going to have some challenges. And, and I say that not to scare them, but, but to prepare them because as a plaintiff lawyer, you need to build the case because as a defense lawyer, your goal is to poke holes. So I do those things. You've on the other side, so you have some insight knowledge that most may not. Right. And, and yeah. I also, I think there's some credibility when I speak to an insurance adjuster because I say, look, I know what, you know, I try to be respectful. and, and, and <laughs> But I say, I know what your job is. So what I do is I give them exactly what I know I wanted as a defense lawyer. You want a complete package. You want all proofs of liability. You want all proofs of damages. So I lead them along yeah. the way because I know they need to submit that to their superiors. So I beat them to the punch and I analyze the case from, from both sides. And oftentimes I'll even tell the adjuster what I think they're going to cite in a motion to defeat my case in two years. I give them that case because I said, look, that's what <laughs> I would have done. I know you're going to do it because I did it. And I think I was a pretty good defense lawyer. I was a partner and taught uh, associates how to do this. But most respectfully, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Adjuster, I think you're not going to prevail. 
So let's resolve this case today. And if we can't, we move forward. So I think the, the breadth of my experience and the, the mentors I've had have really helped me do what I do now. That's excellent. Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. Well, thanks for explaining that and, you know, kind of coming from one side to the other and how you've kind of, you can analyze both sides. I think it's a, a huge help, especially to anyone that's looking for that type of help in your area. So yeah, any attorneys out there listening, you got a referral, you, you know, have something. And that's the thing. We have a lot of attorneys on the show. So I, I like attorneys to refer each other. Hey, I can't do that. That's not for me. You know, it's not a fit for my firm. Let me give Roosevelt a call. So that's a big we, part of the practice. We encourage right. that. So recognizing the things that I don't do, like I don't do family law, but I know a good family lawyer. And because I, I put money in their pocket, like I'll, I'll refer them cases. They say, Oh, Roosevelt, you thought about me. And I was able to do very well on that case. Who is the first person they think about when they have a catastrophic personal injury or sexual harassment or race discrimination case, they call me up. So would say that's also what's not taught in law school that <laughs> that uh reciprocal uh relationship building and, and looking out for your fellow attorney yeah super important and that's the next question i'll ask you is related to that is you know so you're out in your own how long have you been out and started your own firm this is my third year third year okay right. so what has been effective i'm sure there's referrals and colleagues and people that you know but what has been effective that to get new clients outside of maybe those roles anything you've done marketing or newsletters or anything that's brought in some some clients interesting so i'm a big planner before i decided to go out on uh, the plaintiff side i really thought about it and I, I took an inventory of what are the good things that I have? What are my good selling points? I'm a good trial lawyer. Uh, I try to be nice to people. I believe in being the, the nice guy rule always, always wins. <laughs> but I built relationships. And, and in fact, I wrote an article about that for the ABA about starting my own firm. What would cause a, a young man to leave a job as a partner and become a, a plaintiff's lawyer? Relationships are so important. When I used to try cases against my adversaries as a plaintiff for 14 years, I would never spike the ball. I maintain relationships. So when I went on my own and I was doing the plaintiff side, who better to send the case to when you have a, a difficult question, but, but to me. So I would have attorneys reach out to me, say, oh, Roosevelt, I heard that you are now doing plaintiff's work. Could you look at this case? And in fact, two of my biggest cases that I, that I resolved, I, I resolved the case in 2020 last year. One was for non- I don't know what year it is. That's <laughs> <laughs> a blur now. I had a $900,000 uh, settlement that I reached with, and this is very important, with a former adversary, someone that I went wow. head to head with, but I was, I wasn't, I never spiked the ball with him. So we had a conversation at the courthouse one day when he says, hey, you know, you want to, let's talk about this case where it's over coffee. This is pre-COVID when we were just engaging in, in what <laughs> one of the best parts of, of practice. We discussed the case and I said, did you ever think about this? And sometimes it, it takes more than one eye to look at something from another perspective. Mm -hmm. So we partnered on the case, case settled for for 900,000. That was a plaintiff's lawyer. So when you ask me in terms of marketing, the best yep. marketing is relationships. That is so, sure. so important. I had another case with another plaintiff's lawyer, rather former adversary. We we lock horns. It was an excessive force case. <laughs> that case resolved for $600,000. So relationships are so, so important. So I, I always had good relationships on the other side. So I would, th that was an immediate client base helping attorneys with an existing caseload 
that trade that allowed me to make a living, learn my craft on the other side, build a name for myself so others can come in. I'm part of an organization called My Brother's Keeper in New York City. It's an organization of it's My Brother's Keeper slash My Sister's Keeper. Phenomenal, brilliant African American and, and minority attorneys working at big law firms, okay. small law firms, and those are relationships. Those are people who I know personally. I know their wives. I know their family. We know each other. We hang out together. They would send me a referral. So I can't stress the importance of relationships. You can do a. You never app. know what kind of bridge you might be burning if you're, you know, just trying to win the case, right? And absolutely. So I've, I've had. So it's. I think I can't stress it enough. It's. It's being a nice guy because my, when you do a commercial, you watch any anyone who you like, any great commercial. Why do you buy that product? It's because you like that person. So I try to be a nice human being first, and that has been probably big part of my business. I post things on LinkedIn. I talk about my, my public service. I talk about my accolades. People will like it. We'll have a conversation. I'll say, thank you for the like, and then we'll engage in a conversation. Yes. Some months later, someone will call and say, Hey, I have a, a sexual harassment case, or I have a race discrimination case. Is this something you can handle? So yeah, uh, videos, yeah, video on LinkedIn or uh, social media, it's just a digital way to get yourself out there in front of the people that you wouldn't have a chance to run into. So I think, but they have a way to connect with you. Hey, I've seen your video. I've heard you talk. Uh, they like you generally that goes a long way. I mean, they have a need, they're more likely to reach out. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. I love that. Without a doubt. I mean, that's how I started my business. It was all built in relationships, hundred percent and wouldn't have gotten anywhere without that. So, so give me some ideas. Is it just you and the firm currently? Do you have any other employees or assistants? Right. So we have some limited support staff, but again, starting the practice, it's you. <laughs> it's your baby, right? And, you, and I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So I like things done a certain way. So slowly as the practice has evolved and it is evolving, I've gotten some support staff, but it's one of my faults is trying to control everything and <laughs> letting go it's it, delegation right that's something that you may not necessarily learn in law school you want to have control over everything it's like the chef that that does the main course but also cuts the that makes the salad and then does does the souffle and then does the <laughs> dessert i can do everything because i've been an 18 year old intern and i've been a partner at a law firm so i can do everything so it's slowly slowly i am uh letting go and letting some other people assist me. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that, and you're only three years in. So that is challenging. That was challenging for me and it's gotten easier over the years. I've, I've been in business for a little while, but that is hard to do. Just step back, let go, delegate a little bit, but it takes time. It's not something you can do overnight or that you should rush into because then you have things out of control and not being done properly. Right. So, but uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a big lesson there and a, and a good growth point when you do start to get that right person in there and they start to take over and you can get some trust, but it does take some time. So, well, with that said, you know, just looking at where you are now, what is your, on your mind as far as uh, any growth goals? doesn't have to be size and people, but things you're trying to accomplish over the next two to five years set in place. What does that look like in your mind as far as the next two to five years for your firm? Well, it's, it's, it's interesting because the initial goal was to make the switch, which is a big thing. Like you're, you're a partner at a firm and, and you have <laughs> relationships on that side. And then the first part is 
street cred, if you will, right? It's, are you really about this life in the plaintiff's world? And it's been a bit of a transition. So that my goals have, have, have evolved. So yeah. number one, it's always to continue to give my clients excellent work product. Number one, it's also making sure that I am learning and growing. And because from looking at things from a perspective as a defense lawyer for many years, now looking at it from a plaintiff, it can be some, some challenges, but perfecting that. The goal is certainly to grow. The goal is certainly to get more quality cases and to be able to help more people. I've had cases from when I first started on my own doing some traffic ticket and that wasn't beneath me. I've, I have, I've had a case in my defense world when we went to the Supreme Court of the United States of America and I sat and, and I watched that, but it wasn't beneath me because I was a, a businessman and, and I was making, I was making money for my firm, but it's, it's to continue to grow the practice, get quality cases, help more people, develop more staff and you know, be the best lawyer that I can be. As an entrepreneur, I've had more control over my time. So some of the professional goals also merge with my personal goals mm -hmm. and being able to have more quality time with, with family. I have a beautiful wife and beautiful little boy and, and little girl. So wanting to have more time with that. So it's not just the the practice, because when I made the decision, it was a quality of life thing. Sure. I also have a lot of public service that I do. I'm a member of Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. We do a lot of public service. So it's multifaceted. So I don't like to just talk about my me as just my <laughs> career. I am more than just my career. I'm Roosevelt and I practice law. I'm not Roosevelt the lawyer. I'm <laughs> no, not. I love that. <laughs> well, so we're the same. Like we were talking beforehand. I have a wife boy and, and a girl. So, uh, yeah, we got our hands full and, you know, uh, I think most people think, Oh, entrepreneurs, they make a bunch of money and they get to do whatever they want anytime they want. And, uh, we know, <laughs> we know that's not the case, but, uh, but at least you're in control to some degree. Right. So, and I, I think that's what we're after. We're after, Hey, we, I don't want someone else deciding my fate. I want some control over it. So, sure. So, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's not always about business. It's gotta be the whole thing. Right. So, but yeah, you just congrats on going out on your own and, and hanging your own shingle, if you will. And it, it sounds like you've done very well so far, but it, all these things take time. And I think we were talking about in the beginning of the show prior to recording me and his story are similar in the fact that we, we got to one place and we're like, Oh, something's changed. Now I want to go this other direction. And when I started my business, it was very similar to that. It was when I got the job, it was the best thing in the world. A few years later, started my own company and it was off on a, a different tangent, but things change. We change, people change. And, you know, and I, I think the cool thing about owning your own business is that you can adapt with that change and you can, you can make those changes a little bit more freely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience? And if there's, here's a good question for you. Since unique upbringing and experiences that you've had, any young attorney right now, minority attorney in, in your area, wanted to start their own firm, whether or not they're prepared now or they want to at some point, uh, what's some advice you would give them? Wow. <laughs> you know, it, that's a great question. And I'm honored to even be in a position for a young attorney who looks like me to even be to be able to give them that advice because when I was a kid growing up in the South Bronx, New York, I didn't have that person. So to any kid, well, you know, wait, this is cer certainly a minority of students because we need more minority lawyers. We need more Black lawyers. Um, we have a lot of uh, social justice and other uh, issues facing our country, and we need Black voices. We need we need good lawyers. 
right? But to answer your question specifically, for any young lawyer who's interested in one day starting a practice, I would say develop your skills. And what does that mean? You're like a, I use a lot of analogies. For example, you're, you're a carpenter. A carpenter has several tools in his toolbox, right? You have a hammer, you have a sledge, you have various other things. So fill your tool chest with tools that are going to allow you to be successful, become, develop your writing skills, read, read anything, become an excellent communicator, get your thoughts out there. If you love English literature, devour books, learn how to communicate your thoughts effectively in writing. For me, I'm a shy kid. I've always been a shy kid, <laughs> but I make my living by advocating for others. So develop, develop your voice, take a theater classes, anything that forces you to, to get out the box and show a little personality, develop relationships. A lot of times, and from my experience, this is my 17th year practicing law. There's a lot of uh, law students who are in law school and they brief cases and they go home, they take their final, and then that's it. If you would like to become a attorney at a big law firm, and that's all you want to do, become an attorney, i.e. an associate, then just do that. But if you would like to become a partner of the firm, you need to have business. People need to like you. So not only developing your hard skills of uh, schoolwork, go out in the community. If you're a member of a fraternity, if you like, if you do a little league with your, with your kids, if you, whatever organization that you're, you're part of, to develop as many relationships as possible. Uh, because if you want to be a partner of a law firm, you have to bring in clients. If you want to create your own law firm, you have to bring in clients. People need to like you. So in your tool chest that we talked about earlier, good writing skills, good oral advocacy skills, being a nice person, because a client will call you to, and if they don't like you, they'll move on to someone else. So these are not only things that are taught in school. Be a nice person. Let yourself be known to the community. Let people know who you are, because that will bring in more people to your firm. I've had cases where someone chooses me because I'm Haitian American and I can speak Haitian Creole. I've had cases where I'm a member of a fraternity and they brought me the case just because of that. I've had cases because I'm a man or because I'm a black man. So let all of those those things be used so that you can be a complete person uh, because that's going to make you a successful business owner. It's not just you know, reading, writing, arithmetic, it's also these other soft skills that you need to develop. So develop, develop your, your tool chest so that when you have your own firm, there is no project, if you will, that's going to be too hard for you because you're going to be able to pick up the sledgehammer. You're going to be able to pick up, I'm not a carpenter, I don't know the different tools, <laughs> but you're going to have an array, a plethora of things that you can pick from. And it's not just what you learn in school. It's things that are just part of being a human being. So I hope that I answered your question. No, I love it. Because I, every, I, every day is different and I'm going to use different tools out of my tool set to effectuate the best outcome for my client. And at the end of the day, that's when I want to be a good, well, currently New York and New Jersey trial lawyer. I'm working on some other stuff, but that's, that's my goal. No, so I, I love what you had to share because I agree. And, you know, some people they're not naturally or they're, you know, introverts or they don't like to talk with people and they don't like to get out. But, you know, if you're going to practice law and you want to run a business, then these are things you're going to have to come to terms with. And I think you have to be able to talk to people. Sales, everything is 
someone just liking you, being to have a conversation. You mentioned communication. All those things are things that you're going to have to get, be good at. And sure, if you're not good at any of those things, maybe you do have some people that just, they know you, they refer you some stuff because you're good, but you're going to have a limited base there. And so uh, it'd be very challenging to start a business that way. So, but yeah, this is all great advice, good tips and work on those. The younger you are, the, the easier it is for you to develop those things. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. It's going to be hard to do later. <laughs> so. Absolutely. No, I appreciate you sharing that. So I think for any young attorney listening, tuning in, think about going on your own. Those are all good tips. You can listen to this again, of course. But there's things you need to work on. Establish relationships now. People, you don't, what's the saying? It's all about who you know. That benefits me more often Actually, than not. I believe know? it's who knows you because you can know a lot of people, but if they don't know you, then okay. <laughs> That's true. But it's, you know, it's helped me many times that it's helped if, you're in a fraternity. People say, oh, he's in the fraternity too. Let's, let's give him a call. Certainly build your brand, build your brand. Who are you? Who are, who are you outside of being a lawyer? Because people want to have some type of connection with you and, and be authentic, be authentic, be who you are. There's only one you, I say that to my kids, there's only one you. So just be the best that you can be. People will gravitate <laughs> to you because of something special, because God created you and something special about you. They will gravitate towards you just because of that. So those are 100%. all things that you you need to run a successful business, not just the, 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 the being of a good trial lawyer, being a good businessman or businesswoman, being a good business person. So Absolutely. That's my advice. So you give a lot of tasks to somebody out there to start working on. <laughs> so don't take Christmas off. You got to keep working. Roosevelt said so. Thank you so much for sharing your story and what you're all about and being yourself and being authentic and sharing this with us today. I do appreciate it. Is there a best way for anyone, young, maybe there's a young attorney out there or someone's going to law school that, that needs some help mentoring or just has some questions, what's the best way for them to reach you personally? Yeah, ment mentoring is very important. And, and I, I don't want to sound like I've accomplished anything by myself. I've had so many mentors who have taken their time. And actually, now that you mentioned mentor, I'm sorry, I, I don't want to go over time, but I had a mentor in law in, in rather in undergrad. There were certain things I just didn't know. Her name was Edith Miller. She was, hmm. I think, believe one of the few black judges, one of the, I'm, I'm messing it up and I'm embarrassed that I, that I forgot, but she's one of the first black judges in, uh, first female black judges in the country. Hmm. She took wow. me aside. She gave me tips, things that I should know. So, and I certainly want to pay it forward and, and return that favor because she, she gave me tons of nuggets that I take with me today. So mentoring, you can find me at my website, which is Jean Justice, J-E-A-N, JohnJustice.com. My profile is there. You can also find me on Instagram or Facebook or just, you know, Google the name and ho hopefully I built a, a good enough brand where uh, you can find me. I'm pretty transparent. I'm, I'm, my offices are here in, in Hackensack, New Jersey and look forward to being helpful how I can. You can connect with me on LinkedIn where I, I meet a lot of people on LinkedIn and then I'll meet them in person. So that's a great connection. So all law students out there, please connect with your, with your classmates on LinkedIn. You're going to need them in 10, 20 years later. So uh, <laughs> absolutely. Well, we appreciate that. And yeah, connect and LinkedIn's a great place. I, I've done so well. And I've actually spoken to some high school classes and, and I brought out a presentation about LinkedIn. And of course, they're like, what is it? They don't even know what LinkedIn is. And I'm like, you're getting ready to go to college. You know, they want to be entrepreneurs as an entrepreneurial class. And I'm like, go get a LinkedIn profile, start using it, start filling it out. I was like, because you're going to go to college and you're going to try to get a job one day. Right, right. I can go on LinkedIn right now and I can find Roosevelt right now and message him and he owns a law firm or a, a CEO of a company and they'll respond to you. Like, where else can you do that? Nowhere. And you're trying to get a job and you're like, you know, someone and that works there. 
you can go right to the source. Just be yourself, reach out, and uh, you'd be surprised. And I've hired a lot of employees in my company that reach out and do just that. So I think LinkedIn is a great spot. So uh, yeah, hit Roosevelt up, look him up, and I'm sure he'll be happy to help you. So. Send me an email, and I'll uh, I, I will I try to do a 24 hour rule. I'll I'll send you a uh, a message back. The email is Roosevelt at JeanJustice.com, and my my website you'll you'll be able to find. Uh, that information so excellent this all, right, well, <laughs> all right great well uh everyone thanks for tuning in today if you can want to check this episode out any other way it will be up on our website soon and it's always going to be at arraylaw.com slash podcast you'll be able to search by state it'll probably be in our new jersey or by practice area under personal injury uh, but we'll also put this out everywhere else in the world up on our podcast on every single platform spotify apple google and a whole host of other ones uh, so you can find it anywhere you want to listen and uh it'll be up on our youtube as well uh, and then we'll feature this as a live episode in the future as well as feature it in our newsletter. So we have the Managing Partners newsletter that comes out every single week. Uh, we feature guests like Roosevelt. We also feature guests that have written books. We'll feature the books in our newsletter, almost like a book club, if you will. Most of those books are there to help other attorneys run their businesses. And so, and then we'll also put some marketing tips in there. So obviously we do digital marketing for law firms. It's what we specialize in. And if you're interested in any of that kind of help or just have questions, you can go to raylaw.com uh, or reach out to me personally, Kevin Daisy on any platform, Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook, and I'm happy to help you too. So without that, uh, anything else, Roosevelt? That is it. Let's go out there and, and happy holidays. And we've been, so I love this, this opportunity to engage. We've been fighting this coronavirus for what, two years now. Yeah. And I miss being at the courthouse and just speaking with, with my colleagues and, and just talking about family, talking about the practice. So everyone be safe. I wish you a, a Merry Christmas and, and happy holidays. And uh, let's make a, this uh, a better new year in 2022. So all the best. God bless to everyone. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, I agree. Um, I'm ready to get back to meeting with people, networking and, and traveling and, and good things. So hopefully this year will prove to be awesome and we'll have some good, good business growth and, and help a lot of clients out. So Roosevelt, thanks so much, everyone. We'll see you later. Have a good holiday. Happy New Year. We've been recording this podcast free of charge for years. Hopefully you're getting amazing value out of it. We don't ask for much, but would you do us one favor? Would you tell just one person about this podcast? If you get any value whatsoever, all we ask, and we'd greatly appreciate it, is share the podcast with one person just like you.